Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jared Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. And we're back. I'm kidding, don't use that one. I just wanted to catch you guys off guard. <laughs> Welcome back to another award-winning episode of Three Bald Guys. This is episode 11, season 2. Father Jarrett, can you please open us with a prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may become truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't know if you guys caught that. I changed our, our little intro. Did you guys hear that? Uh, I did. Yeah, well, yeah. What what I say? Bill, were you not paying attention? I was definitely award, paying attention. Or, it was, we're award winning now. Award winning. Award winning. <laughs> Matea, tell us what, what, what award did we win? And I would say we collectively, including Matea, because I didn't even know we applied for an award or how we had to do all this. <laughs> That's Matea... what deflated me. Yeah. I'm like, well, we applied for the award yeah. that we received, but I don't we know. We really just show yeah. up. Well, Father Jarrett and I just show up. Bill does all the outlines and all this stuff, prep work. Matea does all the producing of it. So tell, tell us about it. what happened. Yeah, so we are a part of the Catholic Media Association, me and Katie Hamel as the communication staff and every year you can kind of submit different things to different categories you and can kind of submit them or you, you can submit okay. them and a panel um, looks at everything and they choose you know all the different uh for newspaper for um social media for magazines and for things like podcasts is like newer and websites um so we were thing. best we won first place for best podcast hosted by three bald guys and um, twenty five <laughs> no. year old twenty five year old with a good head of hair I'm that 26. produces it. Twenty six year old with a good um, head of hair. No, we won first place for best podcast series. Was the specific one that we Man. got first place for? How yep. about that? So when everybody likes, share, subscribes, or when you share, put hey, check out this new award winning podcast. Yep. Can we just? say that we beat the Kanza Catholic? Oh, they were in there boy. as well. Can we just oh, throw yeah, that we'll out there? Yeah, we'll just say that. Yeah, I'm assuming that it, they would have applied. Accurate, right? Or <laughs> I, you're assuming they applied I, I would for assume this? they Yeah, yeah sure. I'll assume. Yeah, I, guarantee, yeah. I guarantee you they Whatever. did not yeah. apply. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, we do a pretty good job. Like, they, they do too. They're, they're solid. Like I'll, I'll give. It. I know we I know we yeah. busted their chops last time. All joking. Like it is good. That's Fuck. good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got a good chemistry. We we also got first place uh, for best fundraising video. So for the Catholic appeal that we do for Bishop's annual appeal, that, that video that, got that, first place also. That didn't have anything to do with the three balls. No, okay, I'm just well, telling you no. all of the <laughs> other things. That, <laughs> like, that not, no, that appeal video. That. Reed was in that one though. He right? was. That little one. Yeah. Oh no, that's for this year. So everything that oh, okay. you submit. Is for like twenty. This was for twenty twenty two. So they haven't even heard season two. They, oh, so they just got like, our season one stuff. Oh man, wait yeah. till they hear the night train whistles. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We, and I mean, we even talked about John Stamos in season <laughs> two. <laughs> we did. Yeah, one time we were talking about the Beach Boys and. Uh, and yeah. and I will say that sometimes um, Ascension, let's look, Ascension presents. 
um, is also included in the Catholic Media Awards. And I know Father Mike Schmidt's podcast um, won an award one year, so I don't know if that's technically not a series. Surely but catechism in a year is in a different category. <laughs> than but I'm saying, guys. like, yeah, there's lots of other really good people out there for these categories, so I'm proud of you guys well, for, I mean, nice. for winning. Maybe... Cool. Uh, Beloit St. John's will need to apply for this next year for their... Uh, there you go. Swoop Scoop. Yeah, their Swoop Scoop. They're getting better with it. It's pretty it is, awesome. It is good. Did they invite you on that? No. They don't like me. <laughs> Father's <laughs> still <laughs> trying to figure out how to get into the school. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't given me a key yet, so... <laughs> he gave it to, he gave it to Father Andrew, so there here you go. go. You're a chaplain now. So. All right, guys. Well, award-winning teammates. So, mm-hmm. Matea, Father Jarrett, Bill, nice job, guys. So... Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with topic one, which is always giver or robber of energy. What is something that's robbing or giving you guys energy? I'm going to go first here because I'm pretty pumped about this. We just received, uh, one of our preschools did, a $1.5 million grant for renovation. Child care is such a need in the in the entire country. Uh, but the Salina United Way saw it such a need for the Salina community. They asked for area preschools to also um, go in on this with them and come up with their plans. And so our development director for the Catholic schools in Salina, Joel Bicknell, uh, worked really hard at getting this and working with the daycare providers and uh, with Olinda, who's our director there over at Love and Learn, and received word that of the 1.8 million, I think Salina is getting 1.5 will be directed to Love and Learn. So, uh, if you've ever you know driven by Love and Learn, it's right there next to St. Mary's Queen of Universe Parish, across from St. Mary's Grade School, down the street from Sacred Heart, or on the same block as Sacred Heart. So, that whole uh, our goal when this renovation's done is to be able to go. Uh, take infants, you know, up through those four-year-olds, and then they can go over to St. Mary's to, you know, more preschool um, and kindergarten. So really that that city block, you can go from, in a couple years, hopefully from diapers to diplomas. So uh, pretty awesome and pumped about that. Father Jarrett, what's giving you energy? I'm going to go with, I might have mentioned this last year, I'm not sure, but... um Every summer, so Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University Students, has its branch for parish mission, so lifelong mission, and that's kind of something that's continuing to grow is uh, parish missionary. So we do have one parish missionary in Beloit, Kansas. Uh, You know, my dream is to have more than one down the road, but uh, every summer we go to this what we call pastor summit. And so I'm, it's given me energy excitement to prepare to go to the pastor summit. Cause it's always great to, to network with the other pastors of parishes. And I mean, it's kind of the tackling the overarching question that every priest that is assigned to a parish in the United States and beyond has, which is how do we engage the unengaged? How do we, en- how do we engage those that we don't see um, and so that's kind of the overarching question of parish missionary, lifelong mission, um, and what the, you know, I, I, <clears throat> obviously we'll get out and then more nuts and bolts of things with the pastor summit, but that's kind of the overarching question behind this whole piece. So, so I always thought that those focus missionaries just went to college campuses though, but they, right. So this is a different branch. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the core of focus is fellowship of Catholic university students, but they kind of have this now developing branch, um, which is specifically for lifelong mission, meaning parishes, parish missionaries. Uh, so individuals that are 
basically hired on by a parish and all of all they do is strive to kind of emulate the, a similar thing that the campuses do, which is engage people in engage and lifelong mission, That's awesome. missionary disciples. I just had lunch so. with a brand new focused missionary. I think she goes to the University of Nebraska here soon. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Bill, what's giving you energy? Or, or Robin, and I guess I don't know what you got um, here. For the first time ever, I'm going to say Robin energy. Wah, wah, yeah. Wah. So, so, you know, the thing that's robbing me of energy right now is, is the way young people are talking about themselves and about other people. And, and it's just, uh, you know, I, I rode in a Suburban the other day, and I, I got to be a little careful on the details here. Uh, but I just listened to the way they interacted with what they saw on social media, how they talked about people that weren't present, and how they talked about themselves. And, and it was just, it was disheartening to me um, the way that they talk about others. And, and, you know, you hear this in lots of different, it wasn't just that Suburban ride, but I think that was just the one that was fresh in my mind. It's just, you know, uh, there's, yeah, the negative lack of self-worth. Yeah. The negative self-talk is, is a big problem and it, and it causes a lot of problems in people's lives. And then the negative self-talk to other people, which it wouldn't be self-talk, the negative talk to other people, uh, takes away from their value and dignity as well. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and I'm guessing what's looking at these kids, you want to think, oh, they're I mean, probably really pretty good kids. Yeah. Right. But then it's just, I would agree. I mean, Bill, it's everywhere and it's, it's yep. sad. The uh, music. The way they sing, the TikToks, the those sort of things, the way they talk <clears> to <throat> and about themselves, I just kids make fake Instagram accounts, fake Snapchat yeah. accounts, really to, of of someone else to like make fun of that person for for a few laughs or likes or or maybe they make it of a teacher or yeah or wow. they purposely leave people out of a Snapchat group and talk about that person in there and it's awful. Yeah, I've thought about that. I actually that crossed my mind this morning. I just. Facebook about the only social media stuff that I have. And, uh, and it was, I think it's, it seems like it's becoming a bigger thing or maybe it's just in my feed, but these reflection questions that they just like, somebody puts out a r random reflection question and there's like thousands of comments on this random reflection. But the reflection that particularly got to me was who is one celebrity that just drives you nuts, even if everybody else loves them. And I was just like, what's what's at the core of that question why you know why is that right to just these are human you know these are human beings too and yeah whatever they've done they maybe publicly said some stupid stuff or whatever but i just like the, we're the, engaging in that like we're conditioning kids to have that mentality of like who drives you nuts like mm -hmm. and talking about other people in that context whoever it is the core of it is a sales pitch it's people who are trying to make money off of social media presence and so they drop those questions like that and then all those people that engage with it because mm -hmm. that that like makes somebody think oh yeah there is a celebrity that kind of drives me nuts i'm gonna go see what other people are saying mm -hmm. and so they so then they go engage with their comment and then it drives that person's social media influence up like you know for nothing it's kind of like a hot take in sports you know mm -hmm. maybe some of these sports guys don't believe in this hot take but they know it's going to get people talking so they just do it yeah i always think you know who's prepared to see that information about themselves like, I know we think they're celebrities or we think that they're whatever, but could you imagine reading what everybody's thoughts about you are? And, and especially if they're trying to be harsh and critical, who, who's built to be able to accept that? But the reality is a lot of our kids in schools are seeing that exact thing on a daily basis, and they're having to try to figure out what that means and how to deal with that. And, you know, whether that's they're not feeling good about themselves, so they put the direction on someone else or whatever they, the underlying reason may be. And sometimes they don't think it's that big of a deal. 
but uh, you know, everybody talks about a joke is funny because there's always an element of truth in there, and kids know that, and and so, you know, I just wish they would give each other a break and and even I, yourself talk positive about yourself. I get some uh, like hard time from some of my buddies who I've worked with in public schools over the years, and they're like, oh, you don't got to deal with that because you've got you know private Catholic schools. That's not there. And I'm like, guys, it's everywhere. It's yeah. public schools. It's Catholic schools. It's other Christian schools. Like the way that kids and students and even adults talk about others and themselves their negative talk. It's just, we could probably have a whole episode on this. Yeah. So yeah. It's like we need a licensed therapist to come in our next session that we have yeah. now episode. So <laughs> that's a good tease more, right more there. details on that to come. So oh, man, yeah. that was, that was slick. Yeah. Nice. All right, uh, let's move on to our billion-dollar question. It's time for the billion-dollar question. Um, but we're our fourth. Or we're in the year of the uh, parish uh, Eucharistic revival, and the fourth invitation is missionary sending. And I think when this first came out, this was probably not the most exciting one to me. But I think as as time has moved on. This, to me, is the most exciting side of the uh, parish year, where the goal is that uh, the challenge is going to be everybody in the parish is to go find one person and to evangelize that one person. And that evangelization could be a, a lot of different ways, um, but that's going to be the challenge. And and so, uh, again, the, the summary of it is the challenge is to bring the Eucharistic love out into the world, to evangelize. Um, and bring it to the poor for both spiritually and, and physically. And so um, interested to get your guys' take on the missionary uh, challenge of the Eucharist. Yeah, so you could easily argue that this is the most important element of it because, you know, whatever we come up with is a creative way to revive. I can put together all kinds of catechesis classes and offer all kinds of different devotional opportunities but the bottom line is you're going to get a small percentage of your parish to participate in those things. And so you could argue that this part, which is the engagement of those who are not engaged, which is going to be my mantra, I guess, um, is kind of the, one of the most significant pieces is how are we being missionary disciples in that it's not just about me and my faith and am I growing in my knowledge and my revival around the Eucharist, you know, that's one level of it and that's good and fine. But if it stops there, then it's a failure. Um, if it's not directly connected to how do I take this to my workplace? How do I take this invitation to the gym? How do I take this invitation to the restaurant? You know, and not like necessarily, you know, screaming from the corner, um, evangelization words, but in what small practical ways of invitation, of conversation, of development of relationship, am I actually putting this into practice and leading others to Christ? Because it's not just about me. So, I like how you added gym. I don't go to the gym, Father. <laughs> I probably need to, so maybe that would be a good start for me. Hop on the treadmill. Next thing you know, I'm you know, being a good disciple to the guy. Yeah, I was looking at you, Jeff. I, I, knew, you, I knew you were. <laughs> you know, I didn't notice uh, Sacred Heart Cathedral has a uh, couple you know, images before you walk into the parish of the Eucharistic revival. One in English, one in Spanish, same panel, but just talking about what the Eucharistic revival is. And that was, I think that's a great reminder for parishioners as they walk. It's right before they walk through. I mean, you can't miss it, you know, and um, hopefully that's something they see on their way out again is that reminder, hey, go talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. And you, were you the one who brought somebody 
brought to me. No, somebody had visited down at the cathedral. Apparently, Father Fred's doing some good stuff because they they've got a special prayer card with Eucharistic revival prayers that then we in turn <laughs> had and we're ordering ordering uh, now yeah. too. So. Nice work from, they, the, from a, the vicar general right there. Yeah. Well, there they, they've got a really good coordinator uh, for their their parish as well. Okay. He's really active and, and going. Okay. But uh, um, but I, I when you said the gym, I actually thought about when you were in Hayes uh, working down out at the CrossFit gym. I mean, there was a significant evangelization that happened there. Um, and, and so it can happen out in, in a community, in a gym or something like that. But uh, um, Don't guilt trip me. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think, uh, you know, also just the way, you know, again, it, may, it doesn't even have to have words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it is just how we treat, like we talked about the words that we speak to other people and the way we speak about ourselves. Um, but then also just serving the poor and those around us and, um, I think sometimes this is be get me in trouble here, but I think there's some people who will spend a lot of time in adoration and then aren't that kind or that generous or that uh, whatever out in the community. Think about this, Bill. They'd be less kind if they didn't go to adoration. That that so could that's be true. true. That's that's a great some stuff. Like Come on. positive like intent that. over here. I like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I I just think that uh, in a world that has a whole lot of of us needing to bring Christ to other people, we get that opportunity. And I'm still trying to figure out what to do, like with our schools this year. You know, as it's the year of the parish, you're the schools for the Eucharistic revival. You know, and last year on all the, you know, by the light switches going out of each classroom, there were signs that said, "Lord, it is good that we are here." You know, and I want a, a tagline. I mean, a verse, something like that, so that kids see something every day that we can center around the Eucharist. As you know, what put that front and center you when should, they leave the classroom every you day. Put you are living tabernacles of Christ. To bring to others, I don't know something like that though. But I mean, that, that's what people ought to recognize in us. Yeah, that's a good Eucharistic connection to the reality of we're. Well, I mean, because in a physical, <laughs> in a physical sense, we are walking tabernacles for a period of time. In a spiritual sense, we're always a walking tabernacle. Um, but I, yeah, I always thought about that as, as going out of mass. And I, I don't know if I brought this up recently. Like my mom used to say when we would get, when we would run out to the van after mass and start pounding on each other in the van, <laughs> she'd be like, did you not just receive Jesus in that voice? And, um, <laughs> and she was right. She was absolutely right. Like if, if this is what we say it is, and it actually has the capacity for transformation that it's, that we say it does. And it does then it, it should naturally flow into, I mean, especially in those moments of walking tabernacle, but even beyond that to the spiritual elements of how we live it. So, yeah. So, right on. All righty. Let's move on. Uh, topic number three is saints among us. Let's talk Let's about talk the about saints, the among, saints us. among us. All right. Who'd you guys see who was living out God's call for each of us to live? Let's, let's go with Bill. I think uh, my shout out this week goes to two of our confirmation teachers at St. Nick's, uh, Jake Schroeder and Jenna Schmidt. Um, they, they are college students at Fort Hayes, and they taught confirmation for uh, St. Nick's Parish this year. And uh, we had confirmation this past weekend. And, uh, you know, Jake shows up and he, he works at a, uh, a cabinet making business, and he, he made these little crosses for the kids, just neat little cool crosses made out of wood, nice wood. Um, and, and just to see those two sit there and, and giving up their Wednesday nights and praying for the kids and showing up to the confirmation. And then not only that, but 
you know, bringing a gift for the kids that that's from them. I, I just thought it was really a neat testimony of those kids. And, and I thought in my mind, you know, these kids have a chance to be connected still in college because they watched a couple college kids work with them when they were in eighth graders. Um, and, and cared about them enough to even bring a gift. And I, I just thought the whole thing was cool, and I thought they did a great job all year long of sharing their faith. And so um, I, I think they're, they're saints among us. So Are they – they both helped in summer, too, like, whether it's Soda Stewart's or Prayer in Action, haven't Jake they did. both? Yeah, Jake was Is in Prayer in a, Action. Is this a different Lauren Schmidt? Did you say Lauren Schmidt, or what was her name? Jenna Schmidt. Okay, because I was thinking of Lauren, and she's on our Soda Stewart's. Yeah. Okay. Her – the one from, is this Lauren Schmidt from Beloit? Because no, she goes to K-State, right? No, different. Must be a different one. Yeah. Schmidt I was like, is a very popular name. I know, I know. Yeah. That's why I was <laughs> different. like, I, now I feel like I should call out Lauren Schmidt, like the one that yeah, I know, because I brought should. her up, and she's doing Totus Tuus this summer, and she's a parishioner. But this is like a partial shout-out for Lauren. Way to go on serving as our parishioner on... Told us to us this summer, but then you can't leave Mick hanging. That's true. Maria Mick is also a good save. A, yeah, uh, <laughs> man, I got you three also, shout outs. You also else, can't leave else? out Braden. Oh, Braden Dameron. Braden Dameron is I'm also just helping you out. Yeah, thank you. Who else? Who else? Who else do I need to shout out? I, all of our prayer in action, told us to us kids. They, man, they're awesome. When I got to see them before they headed off at the cathedral, like, talk about people. Full of energy, ready to go. Like, I don't know if I want to be around young people all day like that. Like, you know, I mean, and I'm a teacher, but like, they're going. Those totus twos people go from sun up till sundown. Like, it's exhausting. Oh man, this is the most exhausting thing I've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> they, think. they, they, they're saints. So, yeah, it's intense. Thank you. And so. I know those communities value like prayer in action and Clyde about to be in Smith Center. So, yeah, I did it three summers, and I was if I wouldn't have been 18, 19, and twenty, like. Yeah. And had them at 20 ounce Mountain Dew every morning, then I probably wouldn't have been able to Imagine do Imagine if they would have had those uh, Red Bull slushies back then. No doubt. Yeah. Did you do it in the Wichita Diocese? Is that right? I did, yeah. Okay. The, yep. Back in the day, that's all. that was the only place you could go for it. Did you eat so, a lot of lasagna? It's a weird question. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I heard that that's... There oh, was one week I had lasagna three nights in a row. I yep. can't remember what this town it was. This is a great oh. segue. Give it to me. I'll take all that lasagna. Go, Go ahead. Yeah, my shout out, which I maybe I have mentioned before, but we have a, a meal train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the night train's got a meal train. Wow. 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 I knew you would love that we have a meal train <laughs> for the night train. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I don't, so the priest, we get three meals a week uh, given by our parishioners um so they can sign up for it or whatever and it's kind of yeah it's kind of slowed down as far as participation and i think so i was going to give a shout out actually to my sister-in-law laura um because she i think she takes like particular feel like like feels bad if certain slots on the meal train are filled in yeah if i don't eat and so she is one of the best cooks and so she takes one of the slots quite frequently. In fact, I think there's been times where she takes like three in a, in a row or whatever, and her meals are like the best. And so it's just like, I much appreciated it. And so, and it's just, I mean, that's a sacrificial thing. You gotta, you gotta do portion things. You gotta have the containers. You gotta drive them over. Like you actually, you have to put some effort into it. And I, I guess I recognize that and not always, and I don't probably express appreciation enough, but 
So that's a really cool thing that the the parishioners do. And I feel like that should be the topic of your next homily. Like, thank you to those that do it. Those that do not. <laughs> I like lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so last night that's what you're getting. Last at. night somebody brought me um, brought us a meal, and it was a lasagna, and it's it's amazing. And I've never had a heavier. Like it's one of those metal it's a seven aluminum pan. Is a like it's the, it's like six <laughs> inches thick the lasagna, and I do, it's like a twenty pound lasagna, and so I don't know if Father's going to help me out. So I'm kind of eating. I had lasagna for supper, and then the lasagna for lunch. leftover lasagna is the best. Though. Oh, it yeah. is good. It's good. So I agree. What do you eat when they don't? Or is there enough for leftovers? Or, uh, or do you Sonic, and Father Andrew? Obviously Sonic. Obviously, <laughs> what else am I going to do? <laughs> Does Father Andrew ever cook for you? No, well, I don't cook for him either. So I, I invited you to a dinner though coming up, a fish fry. You did July fourteenth. There we go. Yeah, yep. can't wait. A little bit of walleye at yep. Marcy Keys house. Yep. So yep. awesome. All right, moving on. Well, can I do my Saint Thomas? Oh, guys? yeah, I we're moving know. on to his I, Saint. I didn't oh, say okay. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, we're moving on to moving yeah. on for me to Jeff. What's your Saint? Mine would be our school office staffs. So I think you know. Summer all, you know, summer shut schools down everywhere. So we think, you know, oh, they're not doing anything there. Our office staffs are working hard all summer long. And, you know, I get emails each day. Hey, you know, Jeff, here's this, you know, that requested. Hey, don't forget about this to send out. It's about that time of year. So they keep me on my toes because they've been in this school game, you know, the Catholic school game longer than I have. So they'll send me the reminder, say, hey, get this out to the rest of the office staff. And so just so many of them you know, put in so much effort all year round. Um, we couldn't do our jobs and run our schools without our office staff. So um, they're working hard right now in the summer. So I really appreciate them. All right, here we go, guys. Topic number four, growth opportunity. What have you recently read, watched, you know, listened to? Uh, maybe an award-winning podcast, I don't know, that you've listened <laughs> to that you would recommend to others. So I'll start you out. Um, there's a new movie coming out called Sound of Freedom. Um, just watch the trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the movie. It stars, um, is it Jim Caviezel? Caviezel yeah, yeah, who he played Jesus in the Passion, That's right? right? So yeah. uh, made by Angel Studios, same uh, studio company that uh, makes The Chosen. So it's about human, traffic, human trafficking and the reality of it and where it's at, and it's all over. And, um, you know, just, I don't know, watch. I don't know if it, I can't recommend it because I haven't watched it yet. So I'm looking forward to watching it. But when I watched the trailer, it almost angered me because I was like, oh, I need to be doing something more. But it's like a true it's like a true story yeah. of a guy who experienced this and like he committed his entire the entirety of his life to it mm-hmm. or something. I don't know if he was in yeah. law enforcement or something. To or, hunting down and chasing yeah, down the criminals so that are doing this. And one one line that stuck out to me in the uh, trailer was the reason criminals and I don't know if you call them traffickers are moving this direction and some away from drugs is because say i think the line of thing was you know a a bag of cocaine can be sold once Hmm. a child can be sold you know up five six seven times a day like that line right there just like it made me sick to my stomach wow like to where that's the profit that they're seeing of using that kid and that person and that like i wow i want to go police the interstate right now you know Mm -hmm. so and it is a probably billion dollar industry. It's the industry. number one uh, criminal organization thing now. It's yeah, profits wise. Yeah. So yeah, Google And it. that's why they, I think it was attempts to kind of shut down and delay this movie because of the fact that it's shining light on the darkness that is there with this and it's billions and billions of dollars of industry. With it. And I don't know if it's coming to every community, you know, that has a movie theater, but so you have to look it up. I think it's around 4th of July is when it's yeah. going to come out. So be looking for it here soon um i know i i think junction city is going to have it i think salina is going to have it but it might only show for like 
two days. So yeah. we can uh, we can probably put the link in and maybe the YouTube trailer at the bottom of this. That'd be cool. Um, so that you can see it. When yeah, you say we could thing. probably do that, you, you well, pointed Matea. to Matea. Yeah, thank Matea you, Matea. We'll put it in the okay. show notes, yeah. Thank you. No, it's good. I mean, I think it's particularly important to be... S- and uh, the funny thing is we don't know if it's a good movie, like in terms of just movie. Yeah, maybe Rotten Tomato scores at a 10%. Well, I don't know. Well, but. then that means it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. But bottom line is we need more movies like this that are shining, that are courageous yeah. and shining light on some of this stuff. So very good. All right, Father Jarrett, what have you read recently, watched, listened to? Okay, so uh, this one kind of caught me off guard. Um there's a kind of a book pamphlet type thing that uh, is called A Grace for the Whole Church Encountering the Holy Spirit Through Baptism in the Holy Spirit, which I've always in particular had a reactionary response to the, even the terminology of, of baptism in the Holy Spirit, just because it was, to me, always connected to certain peoples that were pushing that and didn't... Hmm, <laughs> had certain other agendas and stuff that I had encountered in experiences that, that weren't necessarily, um, that I felt like weren't necessarily connected fully to the heart of the church and the tradition of the church and the apostolic authority of the church. So, but it's something that I absolutely think is significant, important because it's tied to, so this, this book basically is what kind of just is kind of continuing to open my eyes to the reality of what that even means ultimately and why it's important, why it's important to talk about it, why it's important to... What's the book called again? It's called A Grace for the Whole World, Encountering the Holy Spirit Through Baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a long title. I don't think you can get it on Amazon. Uh, So I would have to give you a link. Second person who's said that to me today. Not, Not the book, but the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The other was the bishop. So Okay. It's kind of funny within like a... Two hours span. That's, that's twice that that you've that I've heard that. Today. I just, yeah. Anyway, we can go. We can have a long conversation on that on that topic, topic because I think, like I said, there was an aversion to the charismatic movement of the eighties and seventies because it was sort of like anything goes liturgically, um, and then it was sort of pushing in this direction. Whereas I think it's a balance between the beauty of our tradition and our liturgy and the traditions of the church in combination with the acts of the apostles, which are very much steeped in the gifts of the Holy spirit. And you see, you know, these, these amazing miraculous healings and all of the, the gifts of the Holy spirit, very alive and active and that we are called to that as Christians. Not like, it's not like the church changed in terms of what Jesus Christ wanted and expected from us. So anyway, I think, yeah. I think we'll probably be hearing more about it. There you go. All, All right. right, Bill. What about you? I know you've I, read something. Yeah, right? I read. Uh, I read a book. It's called Fortitude. It's by I, th- I think he's a senator, uh, Dan Crenshaw. And I didn't read it because of the politics of it. I read it because the word fortitude has been in my head. You know, the differentiation between courage and fortitude, and just trying to draw a line on those. And, and I read it, and I thought it was really cool. Um, the thing I took away that I thought was cool is he's actually Methodist, but he's Christian. But there are so many things about like the Navy SEAL training and the concept of causing yourself suffering and purposely doing certain things uh, to help yourself grow that I thought was, it just had a really beautiful spiritual element to it as well. Um, and and uh, and so I, I don't know, I would recommend it. It's it's a good book. Uh, he's, he's 
extremely well-spoken guy. Is. Like if you listen to him talk, he's very well-spoken in terms of putting together his thoughts and arguments and stuff. So, And he does uh, a great job like for young people right now that need some resilience and some grit. He has just a lot of really good things. As I was reading it, I was thinking, one, I'm going to make my two sons read this. And then two, I wish everybody on our basketball team was reading this and all young people I encountered. Uh, I just thought, he, like you said, he was just well-spoken and uh, just did US, a really good job. He's a U.S. representative for Texas, there you go. former Navy SEAL. Yeah, yeah he's got one yeah. eye, right? He's got one eye. Yeah, we yeah. see him with the patch on. Yeah. And he's yeah. very the, I was not going to cool describe thing. him by his looks. <laughs> well, priest, if you I mean, see the one-eyed senator or whatever. Yeah. Then you'll I mean, know you would just assume if people about. walked in this room, would they call us the three bald guys? <laughs> <laughs> the, the really Put cool thing is uh, he also has a nice element of humility in there, and he's not afraid to say, I have messed up and I have not done this. Uh, where a lot of times when you read books like that, that that's not an element of it. And so. so he might not be impressed with our reiterating uh, the award-winning three bald yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I don't think that he would be impressed with us saying over and over again, <laughs> You know, the three bald guys. But, but actually, you know, he also brought in the CrossFit element too, which there is an element of those sort of things where in a world where we're so comfortable, we have to go cause ourselves some discomfort in mm-hmm. order to grow. Um, and it's just, it's I've a gone blessing. Enough, I've gone enough to turn my shower down sometimes. That's just, I, mean, I have, hey, I have really. Baby steps. Hey, baby they talk steps. about. I, I kind yeah. of like, like towards, I'll yeah. just, I'm like, all right, how far can I go? Yep. And I do like, now I don't know if I'm getting on the thing next Lent, but I'm just. Yep, you're doing it. We're all three doing it next time. We should actually. Yeah, we should. But even each even sounds like a terrible idea. Even <laughs> the idea of all those people, and you see them on social media with the uh, freezing water challenge or whatever, just jumping into the the yeah. tub of water and stuff. Well, and that's got health benefits. Like it on does. the side, that's huge. But too. it also, hey, you know what? The average person cannot force themselves in freezing water. Father and, and Jared and I are not average then because we've jumped in a frozen. You guys have. have. We absolutely have. And Kicking I've, and screaming I've the entire felt, way. I, this I is that. It. Afterwards, I felt like the best, most exhilarated that I've felt in a long yeah. time. So there is, a, there is a science to the ice bath as being a health and wellness thing. That yeah. We could talk about for at length some other time as well. There you go. So. <laughs> All right. We've got a lot of topics we can talk about <laughs> later. All right. I think it's... Uh, Whoa. Are we already the mystery? Yeah. Let's do it. It's a mystery. Question is... <laughs> if you could uninvent one thing, what would it be? Uninvent one thing, what would it be? Hmm. Man. Hmm. What's, I listened to a comedian the other day who talked about, like, if he went back in time, he's like, I could go back in time and tell these people all these cool things, and maybe I'd invent something that would help them. And I'd go back and be like, man, there's going to be these cell phones, and they're really going to help us out. And they go, well, how do we do that? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> because then I realized if I went back in time, I'd be totally useless. He goes, but maybe I'd be able to help, like, you know, I could predict an election, be like, oh, yeah, our next president's going to be, you know. He goes, then I realized, outside of Abraham Lincoln, I don't know if I could answer any of them. <laughs> so, all right, uninvent one thing. Um, I wish we could somehow put, like, an age limit or a maturity limit or something on the use of social media. And I know we've talked about social media probably a lot in these podcasts, but I just wish, I mean, even us as adults probably don't use it the right way all the time. Mm-hmm. And it just makes so many things so hard for our youth, for our schools, for coaches, for teachers, for kids' relationships. Like, it's just, it's a big just division that I just wish somehow 
And who knows? I don't know if there is a right age. Now, can social media be extremely helpful? Yeah, sure, with connecting and stuff. But there's also, man, so I don't know if I would, I don't think I'd unvent social media because it's obviously brought people together mm-hmm. for some things. But I don't know if I I don't know. Say. There's I, so many things where you have to argue the question of do the benefits outweigh the, the de- yeah, deficits yeah. or whatever. And I, I, I think there's a lot of things that we would have to argue that the benefits do not outweigh the negatives. And a lot of the negatives we don't even know yet. We haven't even seen some of the detrimental effects of some of that kind of stuff. So it's tough to really put that into perspective. I don't know if you're going to say something. Or you think it's something like that. I'm trying to think one of the greatest inventions of our time, probably as youth, was the George Foreman inside grill. Would you (laughs) uninvent that? (laughs) I don't think that's had a lot Serves no purpose now, but I mean, that dude sold a ton, but we could uninvent that. Has that had a lot of detrimental effects to our culture? I don't know. It's just the one invention I thought of. That's a good one. Uh, Mine mine would be probably similar to yours with the social media. It would be, you know, TV. Uh, Just the detriments of, of what that's done. And again, I think we're going to feel the same way. Like, oh man, it's brought families together by watching movies. Oh, like we can try to put, but I think when it gets all said and done and we look back at this thing four or 500 years later, you know, there was that one saint that said, uh, she had a vision where Satan said, I'm going to have a black box in everybody's home where I can directly reach them. And, you know, it's hard to say that that isn't what a TV is in some ways or a cell phone is in some ways. And so, 400, 500 years from now, we'll look back and we'll, we'll decide whether we justified social media or TV. But again, we're on the gloom and doom side of things today, apparently. Yeah, there's got to yeah. be a good... What, what invention would you want? Well, how can you come up with an uninvented Okay, so mine was actually going to be happy or whatever. So, so mine, I guess I'll go with fast food because it has not been good for me. So I would uh, uninvent fast food so that I couldn't go through drive throughs and that, yeah. that would be my thing. That's a good one. That is a good one. That's a little happier. Uh, I, I was going to say, this is when I used in a homily when I was at K-State and uh, as the chaplain at San Isidore's, and I didn't realize, supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly the uh, person who kind of came up with the idea of a snooze button on your alarm clock is a graduate of K-State. I don't know if that's true or not, but I brought it up in a, in a homily once of like, that's the spawn of <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Speaking of the fortitude thing, like it, it's telling your body, your first decision of the day is yes, body, you get to take the first decision of this day. And that is ten more go minutes. back to sleep. And so it's sort of one of those things where you can smash it. It didn't seem like a big deal. You, whatever you planned it into your schedule, but it's like giving your body the victory, the first victory of the day. And that is absolutely the opposite of like the fortitude we were just talking about. So you are not a snooze button user. I've used sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regularly use it. I set a couple of alarms because sometimes I'll wake up and then find out that I fell back asleep. So it's not a snooze button when it's your phone, uh-huh. when it's your cell phone set with 17 alarms. <laughs> Bill, are, are you times. a snooze button user? I'm not anymore. I used to be a little bit, uh, but uh, my wife has broken me of that habit. So yeah. don't even ask to see my list of How many alarms, you, <laughs> alarms. you don't even want to see. Really? Like, I, I really cannot. Bad. I wake up when I hear the first it's one. Bad. I think I'm so old now. I mean, I, I wake up like seven minutes before my alarm. You know, look, I'm like, oh, I guess I might as well get up. Yeah. Like I'm that person that just wakes up now. So, I would how many got? I'm curious. I don't know. Like, well, the thing is, is as soon as you set one, it, they don't go away. So, I like, bet, I, yeah, bet I have, I have like <laughs> one for every. Are you um, ready? Yeah. Every it's so bad. It's really day. bad. It's but really bad. Oh my god! It's really bad. <laughs> how many of those? Uh, so, 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 
This is not a video, but I tell you, it's probably got <laughs> you 40. You to see. Oh, that's more than 40. That's more than 40. They start at 12.50 a.m., and then they go till 11.32 p.m. They're just at random times, too, because here's the thing. So you just add a new one every time instead of just editing the one at the top of the list? No, well. That is a She has well, to click multiple weird. ones. Yeah, I have to have multiple alarms to wake up. Like, I have an alarm clock across the room like uh, that I have to get up and turn off. And sometimes Tori has to come in and wake me up. It's just oh, I'm not good man. at waking up. I didn't even know that was possible. It's just a struggle. I've so been got, trying to. I only get to you. <laughs> That's well, you win an award. That is good. Yeah. Do you like clean them up? Like you delete them after you use them or something? Because no, they don't just, go away. Automatically. I just use the same one. I will edit it, but I just okay. use the same one. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, for some reason, I've got two 7 a.m.s, but it, one must have just been on there. One of them is an automatic thing. I don't know. Yeah, I have one that's my <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I have one that's my Friday because I wake up a little bit earlier to go to a, um Ambucks club that we have <laughs> here in town, and then I don't set one on the weekends because I just wake up. I just wake up. So, nice. All right, Uninvented News. Good topic. There you go. All right, guys, heading up to our next topic, calling all prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. All right, bald guys. What is something that you see that needs prayers? Bill, we're going to start with you. I, I have something written on the sheet, but I'm going to change it. Uh, I'm just every one of these until we get to uh, the men's conference. I'm going to ask you to pray for the men's conference. Uh, that uh, the Holy Spirit may stir the hearts of men all over our diocese and say, come to uh, Hayes on August 12th at 8.30 and join with other men from all over. Bring your sons, uh, bring your friends, and uh, let's all meet in Hayes and uh, and enjoy the uh, men's conference. So that's my prayer, and it'll be the one from here on out uh, until the men's conference is over. So Speaking of the men's conference, I pray we find somebody to fill in for Father Jared. I don't know if I want to listen to him. For... <laughs> he only is down to about 10, 12, or 15 minutes, so it's going to be okay. Okay, got it. He doesn't know that he now knows that. But, uh, what? You deleted, you've downsized my time? Well, you said you, you said a homily is about 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, well, it depends on the day. Well, when you give a second <laughs> homily. <laughs> uh, and so. I'm going to say, um, those who have lost parents, I lost a, a dad about a year ago, but now I'm I'm hitting that age where I've had like other friends who are now losing parents and it's tough. I mean, you hit that age where you realize like you don't have all the time in the world with them and you know, did you do things the right way and what else could you have done differently? And, um, it's just, you know, what to say when you're, when your friends lost their mom who they're extremely close to. And so that's just really, really been on my heart lately. Father Jarrett. Uh, one I was thinking about as I was driving down here, just the reality of being in a rural agricultural parish and it is harvest time. And I normally our prayer is for an abundant and safe harvest. I think it's going to be questionable in terms of the abundance for most of the farmers in terms of the wheat harvest, but at the very, at the very most to continue to pray for safety. I don't think we think about just actually how ultimately dangerous. I mean, I, being in a agricultural places throughout my priesthood, doing funerals for little kids and stuff that have died to implements, you know, detractors to, to all kinds of stuff. So just that reality, every time, uh, the harvest is going on, there's a lot of traffic out there on the dirt roads. And, uh, so there's just always that added danger, added traffic. So just, uh, special prayers for safe harvest. All right, Father Jared, can you close us in prayer? 
Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we lift these prayers and petitions before you, along with all of the petitions on the hearts of our listeners, that you might hear us and help us to be your instruments to take your word to the world. We glorify you and pray glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to episode 11 of season two of the award-winning Three Bald Guys. Uh, please be sure to tune in next time where we sit down with Catherine Denuzzo from St. John the Baptist Parish in Beloit as she talks about the healing retreat coming to the diocese that will be held in Concordia at the end of September. If you know of anyone who has suffered any abuse and would be interested in this healing retreat, please encourage them to attend at the end of September or to call the Chancery for more questions uh, and to listen to episode 12. <laughs>